Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I am currently, it is St. Patrick's Day for me. I realize it is not for you. Uh, This is in the past, but for me it is. And uh, I just got off of a couple of 12-hour shifts. On the way home, I needed to get some more adult beverage. And you guys know, my beverage of choice is Elijah Craig. But as I've mentioned before, Elijah Craig is a little pricey. So from time to time, I think, you know what? I don't want to spend Elijah Craig money. I want to try and find something different, find something equally satisfying and flavorful, but not equally as pricey. Something a little easier on the wallet so I have more money to spend on toys and junk, especially since Toylanta is this weekend. Uh, I will be there Saturday with uh, some audible interlude. I don't know if I'm wearing the hat or the shirt. I'm not doing both. Uh, And I may even bring a hat with me to give to uh, one lucky fan. Uh, But whatever the case, uh, I'll be down there Saturday, so keep an eye out. I'm going to have a great time. I got paid for jury duty. My check was deposited just a little while ago. I'm going to use all of that money at Toylanta. You know, I'm I'm roll first. I you know threw it all on the floor and rolled around in it, uh, Scrooge McDuck money bend style. But now it's all in the bank, and I'm going to use that massive sum to buy uh, uh, something at Toylanta, or perhaps I'll I'll just use it to buy two gallons of gas. You know, whatever. So anyway, uh, I stopped on the way home at the adult beverage store, and I am I am currently drinking cask and crew and I did not even catch ginger spice like I knew it was ginger spice but my brain didn't put together that there's a person known as ginger spice uh, which I don't think this has any relevance to that the flavor of this is ginger spice and I gotta say it's a little overwhelming I had to mix some because I came downstairs uh, with my owl drinking glass, uh, about half full of cask and crew ginger spice. I'm sorry, whiskey. I didn't mention that it's whiskey. Uh, and I took a couple of sips. Uh, first, I did a shot upstairs with the missus. Uh, a just straight shot of ginger spice. And then I also purchased walnut toffee because I thought maybe something a little sweeter would be enjoyable. And I've got to say... Upon further reflection, the walnut toffee is better. The ginger spice is a little strong on its own, so I had to pour my Diet Coke into my owl glass to cut down on the uh, the bite of ginger spice. Not not as uh, delightful tasting as you might have suspected. Uh, so anyway, that's that's the first bit of business I've got here. But I will say, with the Diet Coke mixed in, it's pretty good. If I had had the Uh, presence of mind to buy some ginger ale uh, that would have been the kicker that would have been perfect it would have been like putting that firefly sweet tea vodka into a glass of sweet tea like that's how that's how delightful that would have been well maybe not that delightful but pretty good so anyway now that that 
is out of the way, uh, I want to tell you about the spectacular event I witnessed on the way home. And I would like to make it absolutely clear that both bottles of whiskey were secured in the back of the car. Uh, I was not myself drinking. Do not drink and drive. Do not drink while driving, certainly. Uh, I mean, neither of those things is acceptable in any way. Uh, so I'm, I'm in the last leg of my journey home. And there's a little black car in front of me. And I look up and I see, well, I mean, I'm looking at it anyway, but I, I kind of focus on it, I guess. Because, you know, you when you're driving, you look at your speed limit, you look at your ways, uh, you, you look up at the car in front of you, you look back, you're constantly looking around. So I focus on the car in front of me, and I notice that it's kind of, of easing over to the right. Now, this is a small two-lane road in a residential area, uh, and it is ever so slowly easing to the right, and I'm thinking, surely they're going to stop that any minute now. And uh, they just keep going, keep going. And, I, and in my head, I'm like, well, if they don't stop, if they don't look up and pay attention, because I, I don't know if they nodded off. I don't know if they were maybe trying to text or pull up the next thing on Spotify. I don't know what was going on, but they, uh, wham! right into a mailbox a sturdy thick not a brick mailbox because that would have chances are i would have been involved if that had happened i mean i had a fair amount of distance between me and them because that's what i do uh but i think it if it had stopped their vehicle it would have potentially been a problem for me uh, but fortunately it was a big thick sturdy mailbox but uh despite that it exploded I've never seen anything like this, like live and in person, in my life. So they they just, and we're going about, we're probably going about 40. And they might have been going a little bit more than 40. Uh, so this mailbox, all of the parts of it literally explode like, like there was a, a, a stick of dynamite in it. The mailbox visibly like the actual mailbox portion not the what it was on or what the the actual mailbox portion goes rocketing off towards the house it very well could have hit the house that's how much velocity this thing had i don't know because i my jaw was just dropped and this person yanked back over into the lane obviously uh, startled out of whatever it was that caused this to happen. Uh, and I, I was, my mind was boggled. All I wanted to do was stop, get out and talk to the person behind me and say, did you, did you fucking see that? Did you see what just happened? That mailbox exploded. And I feel like we could have gotten at least the, the like two or three cars behind me. Cause that's how big this was. Uh, and how loud it was. I feel like at least the two people behind me saw it. And I feel like they would have been comfortable pulling over to the side of the road for, for a good ten minutes or so. To celebrate that we had all just witnessed this singular notable event. Because you don't see something like this every day. So, the mailbox completely just evaporated. I mean, there's as I'm driving by. Because this all just boom happens uh so as i'm driving by the, the where the mailbox was there's just like a a splintered shard sticking out of the ground which i assume was the uh 4x4 post that it was mounted on and and i it might have been 
one of those like plastic standard issue mailboxes. I, I don't know, but it, I mean, it really blew the fuck up, you guys. Uh, so, of course, now I want to see what did this do to this person's car? Uh, so, fortunately, just a couple hundred feet ahead, there is uh, the this road ends uh, and, and intersects another road where you have to either turn left or right. Fortunately, this person was turning right, so I was able to see the extent of the damage to their automobile. The mirror housing is hanging off of the door. This is the passenger side mirror housing is hanging off of the door by a, a wire. And the mirror itself is hanging out of that by a wire. Just flopping along like knocking knocking up against the side of the car. Uh, the entire front passenger side fender is just mangled and scraped and there's a piece of silver trim sticking perpendicular out from the car just waving in the air and the front bumper is like mashed and sticking out like that mailbox is dead but it got its revenge, like, simultaneously with its demise. Th you guys, look, nobody was hurt. Uh, and and I, I probably wouldn't be sharing this story if anything truly horrific had happened. But this, I feel privileged to have witnessed this amazing catastrophe. This is not the sort of thing you just see every day. I, I will reiterate. Uh, so, that was my drive home. That was very exciting uh, for me to see. And I just wanted to share that little story with you guys because it blew my freaking mind. Uh, okay. On to the one bit of news that I have for this week. Uh, before we get to our interview with the fine folks at Galestone Media, uh, I'm not going to tell you anything else because you to you need to hear the conversation and their enthusiasm and what exactly is in the works to appreciate it. They're, they're three extremely fun people. I had a blast talking to them and like, I was excited with the media materials that they sent me prior to this interview. I was like, Oh, this stuff looks really cool. This is right up my alley. I'm interested to see what's going on. But after talking to them and getting a look at their creative process and their enthusiasm, uh, I'm so stoked for what's to come from Galestone media. Uh, that's G-A-E-L-S-T-O-N-E -E Media. Look them up now. Uh, you are going to be hearing from these folks. But before you hear from them in media or streaming or anything else, you're going to hear from them here on the Needless Things podcast. So, But before we get to that, real quick, I just want to mention uh, Super 7 is at it again. Uh, there have probably been way more reveals than this, but uh, this is what I want to focus on. Super 7 Ultimates. Super 7 Toho Ultimates, not Godzilla Ultimates, Toho Ultimates, which encompasses a massive amount of kaiju and monsters and creatures. Uh, our pal from Audible Interlude, Christian, was kind of just name-dropping some to me that I didn't even realize were under the Toho umbrella. But the initial wave of Super 7 Toho Ultimates is Godzilla versus Biolante. Biolante, it's Biolante, right? The big rose monster. Uh, 
What a way to start, first of all. Uh, one of my favorite Godzilla designs and one of the most unique Godzilla foes, in my opinion. I think it's a great way to start. I think this, these are 8 inches tall. Godzilla is 14 inches long. Biolante is 10 inches wide with tentacles fully extended. Uh, these are larger than regular Super 7 Ultimates, and of course they carry a heavier price tag, but these are large, big figures. Very satisfying, and if you look at what we've had in the past, uh, you know, you've got NECA's 6-inch, uh, mostly 6-inch figures, uh, and then they did the one 12-inch... Uh, well, I think they did a 12-inch classic Godzilla and a 12-inch modern Godzilla, but you know, the, really just tons and tons and tons of Godzillas and very little else. This shows us that Super 7 has access to Toho's entire gallery of creatures, it looks like. These things look fantastic. I'm so excited for them. Uh, I've got them pre-ordered. I have to have them. And I'm not even like a big giant Godzilla head or Zilla fanat. I don't know what Godzilla fans call themselves. Uh you know, I love the creature designs. I enjoy the movies from time to time, but I wouldn't call myself, like, an enthusiast. But these just look like phenomenal toys, and I'm so excited about them. Uh, so go check those out. And then also, just before I started recording, Super 7 gave us a teaser for the next wave of G.I. Joe Ultimates. Uh, Storm Shadow's forearm with his wrappings undone and the Arashikage tattoo exposed. Very, very cool review. One of... I, I w I'd have to think about this. Probably one of my top 10 toy reveals ever, just for the way it's presented. Uh, but we'll talk more about that on the next Audible Interlude podcast coming in April. Uh, so there you go. Uh, you guys, it is time for me to refresh my beverage, and it is time for you to listen to the fine folks of Galestone Media and the wonderful conversation we had about pop culture, about inspiration, and about the big, big plans they've got in the works as we speak, lots of awesome stuff coming from these guys. Uh, listen to this interview, take it in, and get enthused. got a full house on this week's episode of the needless things podcast we've got some special guests here uh all the way from canada is that correct yes unfortunately where's no that? no that's great i am i'm very proud because uh, i had word burglar on just a few weeks ago so i'm really upping my canadian quotient here on the show and i'm very happy to be doing so oh the cbs will send you a check you've got your canadian content <laughs> Be ashamed to put all that Canadian to waste that you've learned. <laughs> well, well, we're going to learn just how deep the resources of Canada go as we talk to you guys tonight. Now, first of all, before we get any further, please introduce yourselves and tell us what you're here for. Okay. Um, my name is John Bryans. I am uh, president and CEO of Galestone Media. Uh, we are a multimedia, multifaceted company uh, that focuses on development of animation and toys, comics, and the whole uh, outstretched brand resource of that. Uh, currently, we have a couple of series that are going to become to streaming next year. Uh, first one is Action Mice. Um, I know a lot of people in the uh, G.I. Joe community are aware of us because we're uh, very much a, a all-ages homage to uh, G.I. Joe. 
Uh, and then we, uh, through that, we managed to secure the rights for PandaCon, uh, which was a very popular. Uh, oh, so this is the PandaCon. This is the PandaCon. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, it's funny because I was talking to my son before we went on and showing him the art, and he's 14. So, like, this is in his wheelhouse, uh, particularly designs that are recognizable as like these guys might like gi joe um <laughs> and then we got to panda con and i was like now i'm gonna find out what this is because we've I've got the panda con figure right over there on the wall like he knows panda con so i'm like we're, we're gonna have to find out what's up with this so that's awesome yeah um we uh we managed to uh um, acquire the rights from Dave and Monica, the original creators. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are going to be, well, there's, it's the second show that's going to be coming out. Uh, both of those shows are essentially our launch platform in regards to our animated universe that we've created called the Anthroverse, uh, which really is set up very much like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, crossovers, everything kind of interacts and, uh, and has some kind of purpose in every other show. Um, we, in total, we have about 17 properties. They're not all going to be in animation. There's some that have been uh, set up for everything, animation, publication, toys, games, the whole thing. Uh, some of them have just been done in regards to a publication um, with like comic books or young adult novels or what have you. However, that being said, every character that exists within our Anthroverse has the potential to cross over and actually appear in animation as we progress through. Um, so yes, so as I said, we have those two shows coming and then there's a couple of shows that will follow up with that. Um, we are partnered with a company out of uh, LA called Global Genesis Group. They're actually, they've got two locations, LA or well, California and in Nevada. Um, and they do a pile of movies and they're really getting into uh, the animation world. Um, and that being said, uh, we're, we're very excited about what's coming first. Uh, I think a lot of people will get a lot of enjoyment out of it, uh, especially the fact that we're rebuilding Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, and that's it. That was the smile I wanted to get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great concept. I don't. I don't want to jump in again until we've spoken to everybody else in the room. But I have. I have a lot of thoughts. I'm. I'm this is all very exciting. Absolutely. So I'll pass you along to uh, my partner. Hi, I'm Brian Lydiard. I'm also from Canada. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've known John for. Uh, it's going on 25 years now. And um, this is uh, something that we've been doing, uh, I mean, off and on at different times, um, uh, you know, creating different universes and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, like, I'm, I'm doing some of the writing and uh, I'm an actor. So basically it's uh, a lot of character creation and, that, and, and the like for me. But tell him why you really bonded. Right. <laughs> well, because we're both born on February 18th. That's there really, that, <laughs> we share a birthday. So yeah, we're the Bryanses of February 18th. Yes, yes, yes. that's right. Well, and it's funny um, how, how that is a big deal though. Like, especially when you're younger, Yeah. like finding somebody that has the same birthday as you is, is magical. <laughs> I, I happen to have the same birthday as my favorite wrestler, William Regal. Never met him. But I know we've got that same birthday in common. <laughs> I'm going to have that same conversation with John Travolta one day. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Reach for the stars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. And then, uh, and uh, this is Marta. Hello, I'm Marta Lydiard, and I am, uh, what, what do they want? Jack to of all me? trades. Yes, I, I will be helping uh, Gail Stone get off the ground, so executive assistant, office manager, the whip. Um, 
keeping everyone in line and on task. And, uh, you know, when these guys are batting ideas around, I'm always happy to kind of chirp a little bit there and say, yeah, I don't like it. Or, you know what, you're onto something there and just, uh, happy to be part of the team. So you're the one that everybody knows is actually the only one the team could not do without, but nobody ever really says it. Right. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. Anybody could do my job. <laughs> I often think that because I've there I've done a few different projects where it's a group thing and it's like like I know I'm kind of like, oh, this is a good idea. Let's try to do this. But you have that one person that's the workhorse that's the stay on target, keeps everything together. And you're like, you know, if, if I wasn't here, somebody else could grab this microphone or, or, you know, put together these games or whatever the deal is. But if she wasn't here, nobody would do anything. (laughs) Well, creatives just, you know, go off on a tangent and sometimes you just need to, okay, Yes. Let, let's focus a little bit. And what so, she's basically saying is she grabs our heads and slams them together. <laughs> I, I realize that everybody's very excited about what we're doing five projects from now, but maybe let's get back to talking about this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you been here? <laughs> <laughs> I just believe me. I know how I've, uh, I've done game shows. I've done all kinds of different. I, I hosted wrestling for a while. I've listened to Audible Interlude. I know how you guys can go on tangents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And see, that's that's a situation where tangents are fun. Well, okay. So the original idea, this this is the Needless Things podcast where it, it can be about whatever. There's no specific thing, and and we'll we'll go back and forth conversationally, and, and there's no telling what'll come up. Audible interlude, I wanted to do as something a little more focused. So the original plan was we would have those segments and we record each one separately. So it's very easy to edit. And in general, the shows were supposed to stay right around an hour. And if you've listened to audible interlude, you know how well that's worked out, but that's okay. I I, I'm very happy with the two hour and 12 minute episodes. Well, and that's the feedback that we've gotten is, you know, it's, it's fun when, you go a little bit abroad and, and elaborate, like it's better that than just to cut it down artificially and lose, right. you know, yeah. some, some entertainment value. But you guys really do. And I mean, not taking away from this interview, but you guys have a great synergy, the three of you together. I, I uh, couldn't be happier. Talking, it, it's awesome. And uh, being a huge GI Joe fan, as I am, I, it, it's an awesome experience listening to one of the podcasts. I, I really appreciate hearing that. I, I was very lucky that Christian and Noel were both available uh to do that and that it just works it, it does I'm, I'm thrilled with how everything's working out and i'm glad you guys are enjoying it uh but we've got to talk about speaking of gi joe because this was the first image that popped up in in the email that you sent me for for kind of reference about what galestone is doing uh the action mice this lineup first of all like i said like the gi joe influence i was like oh oh man this is great but also our snake eyes and scarlet. Yeah, yeah, it, you're right. <laughs> but it also has a very Disney afternoon feel to it, yes. which is also right up my alley. Let's talk about this. Where did this come from? How long have you guys been developing this? Um, well, actual mice, yeah, actual <laughs> mice is uh, is been quite a while. Um, though in in all seriousness, in regards to development, it's only been since about the end of 2017. 
Um, Action Mice was an original idea that was supposed to be incorporated into another property um, that I was doing back a long time ago. Um, but then that property became so big and so uncontrollable. I had to go back and redevelop that. So a lot of things kind of got put on the shelf and it was like, um, you know, I'll get to it eventually. Um, and I'll be honest, I was working, I was working retail for a number of years and, and that, and, and I finally stepped out of the retail, <laughs> I stepped out of the retail world and all of a sudden it was, you know, action mice was kind of a joke. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, like they weren't doing anything with GI Joe. And I had conversations with a few people and they're like, well, you know, we can't really capture that lightning that we, we captured in 1982. And I'm like, but that's a load of crap because you do it every two years or every three years with transformers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're just proving that you're just, you, this property isn't important to you. And it's funny because I find that that that's probably like, it, it, it's the most shameful of it because GI Joe to Hasbro is their bread and butter in the sense that they don't have to pay licensing fees. They don't have to do right. this. They don't have to do that. So it's how can you sit on a property where you're going to make a hundred percent of the money and focus everything on properties where you're not making a hundred percent of the money. And I get it. Transformers is huge. Star Wars is huge. Marvel is huge. I understand that. Um, but at the same time, you're basically saying, you know, in a roundabout way, you just, you don't like the property. I, I feel like the problem has, <laughs> has been the creative spark. I don't feel like there's been anybody at Hasbro for a very long time who has had, uh, you know, they, they haven't had a Scott Knightlick. They haven't had uh, uh, even uh, Kevin Feige, even like they, they haven't had that creative that is willing to take the reins and say, look, I have a vision for what this can be. I understand the roots of it, but I also have an idea for how it can be brought into the modern world. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing happen with classified, but for a very long time, there was no vision. And and you're right. Hasbro was crazy to not focus on it because it's there it's theirs. It's that, that's it. Exactly. It's there. There's nobody else holding any purse strings on it. Yeah. Uh, now I have to give a shout out, Emily, Lenny. Wow. They're, they're, they're fantastic. Now. And I, I, I have a great relationship with Lenny. He's an amazing guy. And, you know, really they're, they're doing what they need to do with this property now. And it shows every day, a new figure shows up on the shelf. Yeah. Um. So, you know, kudos to Hasbro for really, really doing what they, they needed to do with that property. And I'm very much looking forward with what they do in the future. Um. So that being said, as I said, to kind of, we, we went on a tangent. There. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't, we don't do that here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we, we created the property as a joke more. Well, when I say a joke, that's probably the wrong terminology. It was more like a social experiment, right? It was to prove that we could capture that spark with the same kind ah. of element that what GI Joe was, um, so we 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 got hooked up with an artist, great guy, um, and uh, he did the original designs, and that's uh, Sean Turnjo. He is actually classified as our co-creator. That's that's his title on the series, um, and he did he did some amazing stuff, um, and we did four characters at the beginning, and that's all it was ever going to be. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and it was just an internet experience, uh, experiment, just to, let's see if, you know, the G.I. Joe fans really buy into this. Um, and they did. We released one character a month over, obviously, a four-month span. Uh, starting off with the first one was Whiskers. He's essentially our Duke. Um, and you, when you look at the characters, you know who we're talking about. Right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and, and it was great. There was a response to it. People were like, oh, this is cool. Um, and then we put out the chunk character, which is the big burly, basically our roadblock. Yeah. Um, and people are like, yeah, you know, this, this is really cool. This is a great homage to G.I. Joe. 
And by the time we put the girl out, Pika, um, people were starting to realize that, you know, something, this was the route it needed to go because this was the way that GI Joe could capture the heart and minds of not only new, a new audience in regards to all ages, but could still capture everything that the original property had. Um, so people, people were just, they were, they were like, yeah, this is really cool. And I actually had somebody message me basically saying, you know, this better not be a joke. Yeah. Well, and then we put the ninja out and needless to say, once the, nin- the ninja hit, oh, the internet, it exploded. Like yeah. people were like, oh my God, that's snake eyes. And that wasn't it. Like we weren't really, we weren't trying to copy the characters. We were trying to put something out that kind of gave the aesthetically feel of the characters, but without actually being them. Well, um, a, a, almost like an homage, a tribute, like, look, this is, this is what this could be. We, we have these ideas, but we want you to understand where they're coming from. Exactly. Exactly. And it was, I mean, at the very beginning, Action Mice was very much a love letter to G.I. Joe. Um, and then, you know, things started happening and then we got signed and it was like, okay, there is no show, but we got signed. And then it was like, create a show. <laughs> then at that point, yeah, at yeah. that point it became very much a, okay, this can't be GI Joe because we can't just mirror GI right. Joe. We have to make it something different. So we did a lot of development, a lot of back and forth. A lot of characters were created and a lot of characters kind of went to the wayside. Um, Sean has done an amazing job. Like, I think he's close to what, 500 pieces of art he's done yeah. for us. I mean, the guy, the guy's a powerhouse. There's no question about it. He's fast. He's talented. He can do some really good stuff. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's it's the creative steps. You know, at the end of the day, not everything makes it. We had to we had to make things fit. Um, and the show has become very different than what it was when we first started. It has become an all ages military show. Um, but without really over the top military. Um, one of the big things that we went with, uh, and we wanted to make sure that there was an emphasis on it is all the bad guys are robots. So we can, we can blow them up all we want. Yeah. Nobody's going to come crashing down and going, Oh, we well, can't show that on TV. Um, but we're all, we've also made a team, um, with the heroes that are more like they're, they're, I don't want to say they're socially conscious, but they're conscious of the, of the, of the surroundings and they try to handle situations without the violence. At the end of the day, it is a military story, so things have to happen. Sure. Um, and they have to do what they have to do, but they really try to take all steps and all measures to not, like, they'll blow a robot up, no problem, but they're not going to go and be punching a living being. Um, the whole concept that we're trying to establish is, is of course, like we talked about the Saturday morning cartoon, yeah. right? So we're trying to bring back, and that's what we even had as our, uh, not our mission statement, but what, uh, like our, our, our company focus is to bring back what we thought, bring back something that is what we thought we were watching when we were kids. Like if you ever watched something that you used to love as a kid and it just doesn't hold up to what you had imagined in your mind what that was and what you think of that nowadays. Like if you watch Knight Rider or A-Team or anything like that and, and yep. you go like, where, well, this, this is not, this is not what I think. They, they changed this show. It's and- so funny that you mentioned Knight Rider because it's on. I can't remember if it's on Tubi or Peacock or whatever, but it's on one of the streamers. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, Knight Rider. And and in my head, I was conscious that I was a child when I was watching it. So I was expecting it to be, you know, maybe not as great as I remember. But then I started watching it. And I was like, oh, oh, it's it's really not as good as I remember. <laughs> and, and it's almost like, okay, so what was I watching 
in my head. And, and that's what we yeah. want to do is take what we thought we were watching when we were kids and actually create it and actually put that on the screen and make that the new Saturday morning. And, and then the idea being to release these shows on Saturday morning. Yeah. So, you know, to, to give us what, what, what we thought we had. Yeah. And, um, uh, and that's the thing is, you know, unfortunately it was the early two thousands when Saturday morning basically went away. Um, yeah. And so there's a whole generation now that has no clue of what that was. And, you know, to me, it was one of the greatest inspirations I ever had. You know, you get up Saturday morning, you get your bowl of cereal, you sit in front of the TV for hours, you watch these shows and then you go and you play and it's imaginative play for the rest of the day. Um, you you watch the, you watch the cartoons until the mash theme song starts and then it's time <laughs> to get up and go outside. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the thing is, you know, kids today, I mean, some of them get it because some of them still watch stuff here and there, which is awesome. And I love the fact that our generation, a lot of the parents today are showing their kids those old shows. Um, but Brian's right. A lot of them don't hold up. Like some of them are really good. I mean, G.I. Joe will hold up for all time. Transformers will yeah. hold up for all time. Um, but when you look at some of the other ones, like, you know, no, nothing negative to Thundercats, but it's not the same show that I watched when I was a kid mm-hmm. watching it today. And then when you look at like these companies that are doing all of these relaunches and Thundercats Roar is a prime example. Like that, that show was not like you basically took it and you tried to make it for primary school um, and it didn't hold up. But then you get something like DreamWorks that did not only the She-Ra cartoon, but the Voltron cartoon for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were unbelievable. Yeah. And those were the shows that I remember watching. The, the Voltron, you go back and watch the original Voltron and then watch the new one. They're not the same show. No, but that's, that's the kind of idea is like this Voltron. That's what I thought I was watching when yes, I was a kid. Exactly. And and that's actually another good example of that is the original Masters of the Universe. You know, that cartoon, as much as I love it, yeah. it, it just doesn't hold up. But then the 2002, the Mike Young Productions Masters cartoon, it's like you're saying that it. I thought what I was watching when I was a kid was that complex and telling those kinds of stories. And then I go back and I watch and I'm like, oh, no, he's just throwing boulders at people. And then in 2002, we got the Mike Young Productions cartoon that was, I mean, it's long term storytelling, uh, character development in a way that the original cartoon never did. And that that to me is something that's so important. And when I look at uh, these designs, I see characters right and that's something that that today's cartoons i think do have an advantage over what i grew up with in that they are concerned with character development they are concerned with with you you mentioned you know socially conscious and i think that's important because when i was a kid gi joe in its own way was socially conscious it was teaching me lessons it had people behaving in a responsible manner now granted they were you know, they were shooting planes down, but you always saw the little parachute fly away. You can only jump out of a helicopter with rotating blades so many times. <laughs> you just, just gotta remember in the helicopter, you 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 know, you jump away and down. You do that now once, you know. and now you know. <laughs> and now you know. Uh, but you know, adding on to your, the whole thing in regard, regards to the Mike Young E Man, uh, I mean, that was thirty nine episodes of solid gold. Yeah, no yeah. question about it. Um, um, I, I am lucky. I, I actually am able to say that I, I, I've never met Mike, but I've actually had an opportunity to have a few conversations with him and you know, something, the man knows his shows and I will say it action. My stems from one of the shows that he did. And that was biker mice. 
Oh, wow. I, you know yeah. what? I don't know how I didn't make that connection. Yeah, it, it, that, that is an inspiration. There's G.I. Joe, Biker Mice from Mars. There's Obviously, there's elements of Star Wars in it. Like, really, if you take everything from the 80s, we kind of try to go... Well, there's, go. there's definitely a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, no question about that. Like, but, I mean, that's everything now. I, I yeah. think there are very few things you can point at now that don't have, especially when you're dealing with sort of the anthropomorphized characters, everything comes yeah. a little bit from Ninja Turtles and even the concept of we're putting, you know, animal characters into a familiar sort of guys. I mean, that's what Ninja Turtles were in the first place. It was yeah, yeah. Daredevil, but they're turtles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the one thing that we, we made a social, um, or a socially conscious decision when we created the Anthroverse, that there were going to be no human characters in our, our universe. Um, and the reason we did that was we actually went and we thought about science. You know, if these characters evolved the way they evolved, humans couldn't have evolved the same way. Yeah. So we just said, okay, we're just going to completely remove it out. And that's where, you know, a little bit of a jump with the whole PandaCon thing. Um, when we acquired the rights, we we made a decision that it was only really PandaCon coming over uh, because there was a lot of characters in the original indie comic book that were human yeah. um, or aliens or what have you. And it was, we, we, we looked at it and it was like, okay, Again, this goes back to the all this artwork, and then you kind of have to pick and choose. Um, and you, we, we really had a groundwork for where we wanted to go in regards to this universe. So we had to be very true to what we were creating. Um, and so that's why you'll see, yes, there is a lot of influence for Ninja Turtles, but there's also a lot of influence as to what not to put in because of Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, Easton and Laird, they're heroes in my mind. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they are amazing creators. Um, I, again, I, I'll say it, you know, Star Wars, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, Ninja Turtles. If it wasn't for the creators of all of that stuff, we wouldn't be where we are today because they were very much our childhood. Um, and that childhood was a childhood of imagination. Um, I lucked out. I was an only child. So I, my imagination was able to just run wild with, with my toys. So I started creating other things and creating stories. And that really was the foundational steps first steps for what we're, we're doing now. Um, but Brian's right. You know, we really want to tell stories that we we believe we saw. And I think at the same time, that'll resonate to a lot of our, a lot of our age um, that they may watch these shows as well, because they're going to see, they're going to see what they thought they saw back then. Yeah. Um, which will be really good and, and it'll be fun. And we're going to be making like the one thing with our, our shows is we're, we're, we, we make social comments in the, in the series, but we do it in such a way that it's, we don't talk down to the kids. Yeah. Um, we talk about things that are, that are, that are relevant in the world we live in today, but in, in making it fit within the realm of our universe. Um, we, we don't want it to be an after school special. No. That slaps you in the head. We're like, here's our message. Yeah. And, well, that was never the stuff that worked though. Like when I was growing right. up, you know, we had, the after school specials and the, there would be the weird little like in between cartoons. There would be the overt, yeah. uh, you know, don't steal, don't do these things. Like, and that's electrical plants. Right. Right. <laughs> that stuff wasn't what got through to me. It was seeing the actions of the characters in these stories that made impressions on me seeing, you know, the Joe team, with a variety of different races and, and uh, genders and whatever else, all, just all working together. Nobody cared what anybody looked like. They were just there to do a job and be a team. And like that kind of stuff, that's what stuck with me. What I didn't even realize that they were giving me a message or teaching yeah. me a lesson or whatever. So that's the rights, the rights of all sentient beings. I, I, agree. Yes. I agree. Yes. Yeah. 
I agree with that completely. And that's why if you look the whole the whole idea of going the Anthroverse route, there is no different creeds, races, or whatever. They're animals. They're all one. It doesn't matter. You got mice, yeah. you got weasels, you got it doesn't matter. And that's what we want to convey is you know, everybody is equal. Yes, we have bad guys, yes, we have good guys, and bad guys are always just they're evil. Um, but at the end of the day, it's we don't want to get into that social debate about African-American, Caucasian, Asian, or any of that. We don't right. want to get into that debate because that shouldn't be a debate anymore. It should be just common sense that everybody is yes. equal. And, and we all live in this world, and that's what we want to do in our world. Um, it's, so. it's sort of like just displaying the idea that everyone's got past that. Yes. Right? Exactly. So that, that that's something that just, uh, you know, we've moved past it. Here it is. This is what it's like now. Yeah, and that's yeah. what uh, that's what Star Trek did. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So you know, like Star Trek moved beyond everything. You know, like they had the black woman on the bridge. They had the Russian fellow on the bridge. They had things that like, oh, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. Um, and then you know, they moved to the next generation. Then they put the Klingons on the bridge. And you know, um, yeah, they realized with Next Generation, they were like, wait a minute, we were being very, very progressive with the original show. Except we hated all the aliens. We should yeah. probably address that now <laughs> no. with the new show. Well, they had, they had Spock. They had Spock. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The Vulcans were okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, only Spock because he was half human, right? Okay. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, yeah. But that's the point, though, is to not go around and tell a tell a story that, like, um, you know, I very much appreciate what um, a lot of shows are doing now, where they they are trying to. Um, overtly put these things, whether it be uh, LGBTQ or uh, color, things like that, um, you know, the, 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 the race battles that are going on, that sort of thing. They're trying to put that in there and comment, comment on it. But unfortunately, I think it really fails the intended um, uh, idea around it when it just it puts it plainly. You have to talk in metaphor and you have to talk in um, in in stories rather than in like this. This is how this should be. And we're, we're, we're talking. You just can't talk about it too directly because you talk to people like they're stupid or they're wrong. And yes, you, you have to bring people to the idea. Like it's, it's more about bringing someone opening someone's eyes to an idea more than telling them what to think. Well, you guys mentioned the uh, the new Princesses of Power cartoon. Yeah, I think that was one that handled a lot of topics very, very well, and it did it all through storytelling. Exactly, and that's the way with us. We want we want we want everybody to feel like they're welcome, and they don't have to worry about anything. They're just come in, join us, and let's enjoy the story. It's for everyone. Yep. So we've got. Like I said, a fantastic badge of character designs here, which actually, before we get any further, where can the listeners find you online? Um, where can we follow what's going on? Okay, so we are, obviously, we have a website, which is uh, Um And Galestone is G-A-E-L-S-T-O-N-E. Um, and then we're also on Facebook uh, and we're on Instagram. Uh, there is a Twitter page, but I'm going to be cleaning that one up a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, on Instagram, uh, there is um, Action Mice Animated Series, uh, which is our official page. Uh, and same with uh, PandaCon. It's PandaCon Animated Series. Those will become, uh, or will have become our official pages. 
Um, I don't know if we're going to continue doing a lot on the Facebook platform, um, only because everything seems to be moving more towards the Instagram and TikToks and what have you. Um, so I think we really want to, to move with the time as opposed to kind of staying back. Um, it's going to be tough on these old fogies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I tend to enjoy Instagram more. I feel like it's more directed. It's easier to find what, you want and yeah there's still tons of ads but as far as just being able to really cultivate a nice feed for yourself yeah. I, it just seems easier to me instagram well, and tiktok is very well designed for this particular project yeah it's, um, it's the new meta yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he had to go there yeah <laughs> uh, but not only that even with instagram instagram is great because once you go onto your main page you can actually very easily in front of you have all of the posts you've done so it's yeah. so much easier to find things um it's visually I, based and that's what this is there's going to yeah. be lots of content lots of pictures and that's where you want to post it facebook has a very different protocol yeah, we're going to be moving towards Instagram and definitely TikTok is something that I would like to get uh, up and running for these guys. I don't even understand the TikTok, but I know that you're right. And <laughs> that that's the place to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. And um, so, yeah, so that, that's that's actually nice. And to continue on with the characters, because I know you like all the characters. Um, we have the boy genius hacker. Um, we did that on purpose because, you know, a lot of kids today, younger kids, especially. Um, they're always on the computer. Uh, so we decided to go that route, making the the primary character for the series be this 14-year-old boy who's like a gifted hacker and he's like just an absolute boy genius. Um, and then he created the robot, which is Glitch. Um, and it, you can tell that robot has been made from household products. Uh, do I see a bowling ball? You do. In the middle right here? I was on purpose for the toy for the spring-loaded. Oh, Beautiful. <laughs> love it um and then the final one uh, and we really really felt very strongly about this character is spanner uh she's a young girl uh, around the same age as our our hacker boy bug bug that's the the hacker's name um and she's actually the master mechanic for the action mice team and she as well is it, she's she's a gifted like, she's a hacker she knows all the dialect so she's the one that's on the team because nobody on the team like brian and i would understand the language of the little kid <laughs> <laughs> oh. um and then we have our bad guys which is the uh the iron horde um and that's baron iron weasel which if anybody is a gi joe fan from back in the action action force days you see where we went with that yes um and then we have lady mustala uh general molt uh dr cheese brain yes yes the mad scientist is called cheese break. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and then uh, the the robotic minions are known as the Iron Weasels. And the cool thing with them, when once we get into the show, um, and as well as once we get into the toys with them, is they're a modular uh, robot. So ah. you have a base body form, but it's all the diff different accessories that change them to the different factions. So you can have an Arctic Weasel, an Aqua Weasel, a whatever. Oh, that's brilliant. That's great. I love that. Um, and then that's the cool thing is because then it, do you remember the old action packs from GI Joe? Yes, of course. Well, that's what this is. We we're going to get, well, we could technically do action packs again, but <laughs> we're not going to do that. We'll do something cooler. Um, but that that's where you'll be able to, you get your base iron weasel robot and you'll get a bunch of parts with it. Sure. And then there'll be all these packs that you'll be able to buy. that will have different things that you can attach to it. And you can, well, that was, army. you create your own too, you know, you make could. up your own. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's I mean, that's a classic thing from the matter of fact, the uh, the Centurions toy line, if you guys remember that, like that modular, you know, get get the one ready for the sea, for the air, for the land. And they've got all the different parts that swap between them. I I love that kind of stuff. I love when you really do have play options like that. Yeah. Yeah, But you remember the droid factory? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I never had it. No, but I remember it. Did, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but that's the thing is, you know, and this again, when we're creating the show, we're thinking the big picture. So we're thinking the toys. We're thinking, you know, what do we want to play with? As if we yeah. were that age, what would we want to be out in the backyard playing with? Mm-hmm. And that's how we go in regards to creating characters and creating elements and vehicles. Um, obviously, all of our vehicles in Action Lights for the Heroes are, well, for the most part, are cheese buns. Mm-hmm. Um, we have every, every episode. Every episode a is a cheese pun. That was that was a fun day. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting there and coming up with every one of those. Wordplay is the best. Uh, but yeah, so we have we have a motorcycle and action mice, and that's called the cheese wheel. Excellent. Uh, we Excellent. Have Jeep, which when you see the Jeep, it, it's very reminiscent of the 18 Jeep, and it's called the cheese grater. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we have another kind of like a do you remember Sergeant Savage or not Sergeant yes. Savage, but Sergeant Slaughter's. Oh. Uh, track vehicle, not the warthog, but the other one. You've got it. He's going to pull it off. He's going to pull it off. So, <laughs> is that called the phone? Yes. Talking about that we one. Have, we have something similar to that called the grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the episode names? So we've got uh, uh, assault on uh, no. The, what was it? Uh, attack on attack, attack on Rockfort. Attack um, on Rockfort. Queso uh, uh, mistaken identity. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like that. So you know the one thing about it is, and, and this was the one thing that we went into this deep in our hearts is we wanted to have fun. Not only are we creating it for people to watch it and enjoy, but we wanted to have fun making. It. And and the same with our partners, Global Genesis Group. They they stand behind us and they support us in regards to these decisions. Um, and you know, I, I I I couldn't I couldn't speak more highly of them. They've been amazing. They've been a fantastic support for the creative process. Um, and we're just very excited to that things are really moving forward now. And there's going to be some big announcements happening. Uh, and that um, with Action Mice and PandaCon. So, and with that, I guess there could be a nice segue for you for PandaCon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I and and just real quick with Action Mice. Sure. As soon as you see these characters. I can see these on t-shirts on lunch boxes on like they're they're made for merchandise it's it's beautiful but they're also you know you were talking about the characterization of bug and spanner they also have that sort of visual hook of i want to know what they're going to be doing and who they are yeah, yeah. well i actually just i'm glad you were, you said that you know i need to to uh reiterate as well um sean did a lot of the early designs and we have an amazing uh art director uh jason moody uh he did the redo art uh for most of the action mice sean actually did the new version of glitch okay the bowling ball just did it i mean that that was the winner on that one <laughs> uh, no question about it so i just want to make sure jason gets a call out here too you know he's done yeah, a yeah. Nice job, and he and sean have worked together really well which is great and you know it's really a testament uh, when you see the property that you can see the team that's been put together and the passion that everybody that, that is involved has in regards to uh, getting this out there. So PandaCon, uh, as I said, I mean, I, I'm familiar with the character. Now, my first experience with PandaCon was right over there on the shelf, that original Ninja Turtles figure. But then to later find out, just like with Usagi Ojimbo, to find out, oh, this is a whole other thing outside of Ninja Turtles that I need to go learn about now. So tell us 
Uh, tell us about PandaCon and how you came uh, to be using this character. Sure. Uh, PandaCon was actually created in 1980. It was created by Dave Garcia and Monica Sharp. Um, little cutesy story to go with it. Dave actually created the character, drew the character up and gave it to Monica uh, as a gift, which is great. Um, and, and we love that. Uh, so they went on from that and created an independent comic book series, which I believe went for five issues, uh, but it went in a number of publications. So it was spread out. Um, well, and back in the day, independent comics in the eighties, I mean, that was typical, uh, you know, a three issue run an eight issue run, like, and, and that's it, Yeah. but they would just sort of be printed in perpetuity and, and collected in different ways and colorized and whatever else. And, and they had this lifespan that kind of went beyond the original creation one, because I think they, they were such a special thing back then. It's kind of hard to define in, in mo- modern audiences won't understand how magical independent comics were back in the day to find something that wasn't X-Men or Batman or Spider-Man, which I love. Those are my guys and gals, but to find that, that hidden gem in the back of the comic shop uh, with a, you know, this Panda martial artist on the cover. Yeah. What the heck is this? What? It's, it's, it's a different special thing. I, I totally agree. And that was, a, and the thing about it is, you know, it was, it was fledgling um, community back then because, you know, com- mainstream comics were huge. They were huge 60s, 70s and on. And, and uh, but the independent comic books was where it was. It was the scene. Everybody wanted to be part of it. And yes. Dave, I could definitely were. Um, Dave had served in the military. Uh, Monica was a teacher. Uh, so Monica did all the writing for the book. Uh, and Dave obviously did all the artwork. Uh, and then moving forward, they became friends with, uh, Eastman and Laird, um, same, same as Stan, Stan did uh, with Usagi. Um, so it was, I, 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 I may be wrong. I don't know if it was Eastman or Laird that, that went to Dave and Monica, but it was one of the two of them that approached them and said, hey, you know, we're doing, we've, we've got the show, we're doing the toys and that, you know, maybe it'd be really cool if, you know, this came over. Um, and I believe that was the same thing, <clears throat> excuse me, with um, Usagi. And then also with Ryan Brown, who did like Scratch, the 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 jail cat and, and yeah. a number of other characters. I think Mondo Gecko was Ryan Brown's Mondo as Gecko well. Was Ryan Brown yeah. as well. Um, and Ryan Brown went on to do Cowboys of Mumasa and, and other yeah. things. Um, but yeah, so that happened. Um, and it was short-lived. Uh, PandaCon only came out in 1990, but it was a big success. I mean, it was a very, very popular character. Um, and it's unfortunate that it didn't go on to be in the, co- the the comic book and or the cartoon, but that's okay because then we move forward. What had happened was um, a colorist that works with me, Mickey Clausen, um, had actually become been working with Dave <clears throat> and Monica in regards to bringing the books back. They were going to be doing a Kickstarter and they were going to colorize them, as you were saying, because originally it was only black and white. They yeah. never did any color. And that was the funny thing is when you found your independent comic, you wanted it to be black and white back yeah. then. Yeah. You were like, hey, you know what? If this is colorized, it's not really as cool. Give me some nice black and black and white, maybe a little gray in there, but. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, I agree. And that, 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 that's it exactly. So Mickey had actually approached myself and said, Hey, you know, I know Dave and Monica with Panda Con. Would that be something you'd be interested in? Well, at the time I said, yeah, you know, it's Panda Con. I would be a fool to sit there and go, I'm not interested. But I had to figure out in my head with the, the stuff we were doing is, you know, how could this fit? Yeah. At that time, we didn't have the Anthroverse. We had Action Mice. 
Um, so once I, I, that was there, it was like, okay, so I started to expand out and think, okay, how can we make this bigger? And then it just kind of, it, it evolved out from there. And I think it was about a year, maybe a little bit longer after that, Mickey came back to me again and say, Hey, you know, are you, are you interested again? Um, and at that point I said, yes. So this was 2020. Um, I said, yeah, you know, let's have a conversation with him. Um, so he arranged the conversation. I had this great conversation with both Dave and Monica. Um, and it was very fast. It was an hour and it was like, yeah, okay, we're going to do this. Uh, so at that point I, I created the paperwork. We started the ball rolling. Um, I had very, very early fledgling conversations with global Genesis group and explained, you know, I'm going to do the Anthroverse. This is how we're going to do it. Um, and they're like, yeah, absolutely. So we got the deal with Dave and Monica and then immediately turned around and signed with global Genesis group which was the kickoff for the Anthroverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just built, built out from there. And, you know, unfortunately, um, hitting through into 2020, we, we ran into COVID. Uh, uh, of course, of really, course. Really to, did a number to all of us um, and slowed the industry down. I mean, a lot of stuff was still being done at home, but everything did slow down. Um, I fully believe if we hadn't have been hit with COVID, Action Mice would have already been out uh, on the streamer and we would have been probably now, or if not had already brought PandaCon out with it. Um, but yeah, you know, but sometimes I look at that and it's not a bad thing because it's given us more time to do some backdoor development in regards to making things really work. Um, really look at the bigger picture in regards to everything um, and create villains and, and and everything where everything can interconnect. Well, the That's what I was going to ask. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say um, the interesting thing is where now we've, sort of made each their own brand right where it was just they were all sort of part of the same thing one of the we came up with the anthroverse as something where hey we could put these all together and they all live in the same place and it was all sort of part of the same show but now we've kind of gone and made it so that um each cartoon is going to feel very different so if you've got action mice being gi joe mixed with teenage mutant ninja turtles PandaCon is going to be more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mixed with Samurai, Samurai Jack. Jack. Yeah. I, I was just waiting for you to say Samurai Jack for some yeah. reason. I don't know why. Like, just as I'm sitting here listening to, to what you're saying, I, was, I, I just thought that was where it was headed. I love it. So, yeah, like imagine like a much more um, understated action based cartoon where there's not going to be necessarily as much talking or uh, or, or, you know, um, like the bright action that you're going to get out of action mice, the explosions and things like that. It's precisely uh, like a a Zen master sort of going through um, his day and then what, you know, sort of happens to him. It'll be a Saturday morning meditation. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's it's, still going to be very much a cartoon and everything, but it's going to be darker and it's going to be... um, you know, uh, like a, a quieter story, so to speak, than what you'll see out of action. Mice. Well, and I think that's the opportunity you have when you have a single character show versus a team show yeah. is, is you, you can treat it very differently and, and have a sort of tonal difference because you're focusing on this one individual rather than having so much of the characters interacting and that being such a large part of the story. Although he's going to have a bit of a team. There will yeah. be a team, but the thing about it, what, where where action mice is this? Um, I, I hate to say it, but the raw raw show. Sure. Um, where they're they're standing up for justice and, and and peace and freedom and and you know, 
I don't want to do the, the G.I. Joe little line, but it really, if you say that that intercut line from that song, you've got the idea of action lines. Um, but where Pandacon is, it's a journey of redemption, especially through the first season. Um, something happens to his people. He feels to blame. He goes away, comes back because he's drawn back into it. And then it's this journey of redemption. You know, one of the things I think it was probably the, the first conversation that Brian and I had about it. I had this vision. And I, I, all I could see was uh, Bill Bixby at the end of the Incredible Hulk walking to the next town. And with that music playing. Walking to the next town with that kind of music going. And that's where that's where it started to stem and really well, build out. And then we started talking. What were we watching at that time? Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, right? And it's like, okay, this is where we need to go. Yeah, like so, they, so like the, the idea, like at the end where they're showing the artwork yeah. and the music's playing and stuff like that. I'm like, like this, this, this is like beautiful. And this yep. is what we want. This simple story, but beautiful sort of artwork and everything else. And the, like the, the, the cartoons will be different styles of animation, mm-hmm. even though they're going to exist in the same area. Yeah. So, um, and that, that, that's also being done on purpose because, you know, you don't want everything kind of looking cookie cutter. Um, so, but also as well, the style that is going to, to be inherent to the, the animation is going to be really out of the narrative of the animation. So as Brian was saying, you know, you look at the end of uh, Mandalorian and you have these beautiful, beautiful, like production paintings. Um, and we were thinking, you know, in PandaCon, you know, you get the backgrounds where it could be more of that ancient feudal, almost like the, the, the ink paintings. Um, so you get a really very unique style to this series, um, and then action mice, you get this very clean, very gleaming, very high tech city, um, and all this action adventure. Now there'll be a lot of action adventure in Pandacon as well. So the one thing I want to emphasize is yes, the Zen, Zen is definitely going to play a factor in it, but there will be action adventure because mm. I don't think we'll go beyond one season if we're doing all Zen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, we're talking about feel here, not the plot of every episode. Um, but yes, yeah, so as I said, Pandacon is very much a redemption show. Um, and it, it show it, it's a show like really everything we do kind of has underlying messages, you know, in action mice the message there is it doesn't matter if you're 14 you could be the one that changes the world pandacon is you know it doesn't matter what the struggles were before you if you just stay on the path you're going to eventually get to where you need to go um like he's going to be suffering from depression potentially yes right? like that's, that's with, the whole without idea. out now doing that yes, yes i think I that's, mean, that's the that's where like that yes. message is coming from right without slamming it in your face yeah, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Right? Well, and that's important, I think, because it's something that it seems like every day more and more people are are dealing with that is a very real thing. And I think showing a character that's struggling with with that heaviness, uh, I think that is important. Yep. Even though he's powerful, and even though he has, you know, he's doing good for him, but he's he's struggling to the, the, these are his flaws, right? The most interesting thing about any story, and you can. Uh, tomorrow you can speak to this is uh is is the flaws that you create in your characters not their powers right yeah. you know oh that's i mean that's very marvel that's that's 100 marvel comics right there yeah well we're all flawed there's not not a single one of us that is hunky-dory 24 7 we all have our flaws and i think it's important to have characters that exhibit those and then show our audience, particularly the younger generation, how to overcome that. And whether it's that they succeed on the by themselves or because of the help of their team around them. So it's 
I think it's a fantastic way to do that. Again, it's the inclusiveness. You know, you don't need to feel like you're alone in the world. Absolutely. So, and unfortunately he does at the beginning. Um, but it, it, it's, it's a great and powerful tool, the, story, the, the medium of storytelling. Um, and if we're able to help people out through our storytelling, amazing, that, that's fantastic. But we just want to tell good, exciting, fun stories. So we've, we've heard about your influences. We've heard about your goals with this world that you've created. Uh, in the creation of it, what are, and, and that's one thing I was going to ask, and, and you guys kind of addressed that a little bit, was with the pandemic hitting, and it gave you a little bit more time to develop and to look at what you had. But along the way, what kind of roadblocks have you run into? What kind of challenges? Have there been times where you've maybe latched, maybe latched? <laughs> has, there, has there been an idea that you like were really, really attached to? And then as it kept going and going, you realize like this just, we, it doesn't work. We got to drop this. Our, our whole like 25 years of knowing each other, everything has been, I mean, Essentially, we met each other based on one of the cartoons you were making at the time, and I was doing, um, I I was in a store, I had just done a talent show at the high school where I was doing impersonations, okay, and... Um, <laughs> this is a long story. And I ended up, well, and then somebody uh, mentioned it while I was in the store, uh, John happened to be right behind us, and you know they they encouraged me to to do the impersonation. It was Andre the Giant, and um, okay, now hold on just a minute there. You're not coming on the Needless Things podcast telling me you have an Andre the Giant person impersonation and not sharing it. There's no way that's going to happen. It's going to be your longest episode. Oh my god! I'm the Dead Pirate Roberts. I am here, and soon you will be here. Oh, Dread Pirate Rabbits is here for your souls. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I love that that happens to be what you chose because just a couple of years ago, uh, for a local performance type of thing, I have, I have a dear friend who's a puppeteer, and he brought me into a performance of... The Princess Bride, where I think there were a total of 10 different performance groups presenting a portion of the movie in their own for there was a burlesque group that did a part of it. There was uh, like somebody did it in a very Shakespearean style. And we had uh, many puppets that the two guys I was working with were using uh and that scene was part of (laughs) what we got to do so i was fezzik just me i'm not a puppet but i'm interacting with puppets and i've got the (laughs) i've got the big wig on and i've got the you know the costume and everything so i'm (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was it's it's hilarious that that just happened to be the case but uh yeah, we we love Andre around here. As a matter of fact, have you guys seen the uh, Andre the Giant figure that Super Seven did? I, I, can't, I saw a little bit of work, but I can't get it right now. But it's it's phenomenal. Look it up online. It's yeah. it's beautiful. It's to me. It's not you know. It's not photorealistic, but it's when I think of Andre, 
That's what I think of. It's what you remember whether, rather than what was real. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, my, my point being there, though, was that ever since then, it's always been like, okay, hey, we're here. We've, we've got this. And we, we went to England together in 2002 thinking that, okay, this is all going to launch now. We had a trailer. We had all sorts of stuff. And every time we got somewhere, it was like opening the door and there's another door. Okay, now how do we get through that door? So let's pick that lock. Let's smash down this barrier. Let's let's figure out how we get there. One of one of the one of the funniest stories um, in regards to uh, to kind of trying to build yourself up in this industry. Um, I was in an in a meeting with a toy company with a property, and you know the toy company's like, "Wow, you know this is great. We 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 love this. We want to make this, but you have to have a cartoon." Oh, okay, so. <laughs> Across the street, there's an animation company. So we scheduled an appointment. We ended up getting in with them. We did the presentation and they're like, oh, this is fantastic. But you got to get toys. Oh, well, that's good because the toy company across the street wants to do toys. Well, that's not how it works. (laughs) Well, can't we just get you both in the same room and do this? (laughs) Uh, No, that's not how it works. And no, it isn't. Um, And that's the thing is, you know, looking back now, obviously, um, and and this is because of action lace and that, and, and working with global Genesis group, you know, people, people are aware of us. People are talking about us now, but back then they weren't. So as a creator um, and I know, and, you know, I know people out there that are struggling at the early stages we were in with stuff. Um, It is really hard, but just, you know, keep the faith because trust me, the more work you do and the harder you push and the more you believe in yourself, people will start to believe you and believe in you. Um, and eventually you will get through those doors. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, whoa, there's no doors in front of us, but there's a long walk, but there's no doors. <laughs> um, and then it, it gets to the point where, okay, this is happening. But unfortunately, again, the pandemic hit. And, yeah. and then there's a COVID. In the and then there's COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. you know? uh, but no, with that, that skull over there. <laughs> uh, but that, that's really it. You know, don't give up. Like, uh, and I'll tell everybody that out there. Is, you know, there's, there's tons of room in the industry for everybody everybody to create shows, but as long as they're good shows, like I've seen some stuff that, you know, people still really need to work a lot <laughs> on what they've got. But then I've seen other stuff that even blows my stuff away. Um, and, and that's fine, but that there isn't getting attention. That isn't getting attention. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. And, you know, I, and that's not a bad thing because it's just not the right time. I mean, the, the, the one property that we, we had back in the day where we had that whole incident with the toy company, um, it was very, it, again, it was anthropomorphic, but it was very environmental. So, you know, we were 20 years ahead of, ahead of the time at that point with, with the show. And that's what the issue was, is people were looking at it going, we, we can't really sell this. Like, where, where do we sell it? And I know there was stuff like Captain Planet and that out there, but it was just, it wasn't the same. Um, our messages were a little bit more hard hitting. Um, and that's where I've learned over the year with years with writing is, you know, if I'm going to talk about these messages, I can't be condescending. I can't be talking down. I have to I have to give it to them in such a, a way that not that it's hard to write it, but that it's it's just written a little different. Uh, I, I don't want to call it softer because we're still saying the same thing. Um, it's just said a little bit uh, with a little bit more understanding that they're going to have. Um, but again, that being said, I mean, kids today, they're not what we were in the 80s. I mean, they, they know far more than we knew in the 80s. They know not to cross the road without looking. Well, and, and I, I love, I kids love today want to care about people i think yes they they have been and you know i'd like to think it's because of of how my generation has has or how many of my generation has done things like 
these kids, you know, like when you go to conventions and stuff and you see kids and they are hanging out and having fun and nobody cares what anybody looks like. And like, they're all interested in helping each other and in just generally making things better. Like I know my son's outlook on stuff and I couldn't, I couldn't be more hopeful about where things are headed because I feel like these kids do care. They want to care. They want to know stuff. They want stories that teach them to be responsible and compassionate. They're far more open-minded now than we ever were. Good Lord. (laughs) It's yeah, it's I'm pretty liberal. Okay. But when I listen to my children, uh, I, I, I don't feel that I'm the most liberal person in the room. And that's, not a feeling I get very often. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting to see these kids like, you know, uh, really open their, their minds to mm-hmm. just about everyone who's out there. Like the very idea of, uh, you know, a- excluding people seems to be abhorrent to them. And it's, it's really interesting to see. Yes. A hundred percent. Like I, I seeing them interact, it, it makes me feel like, okay, Star Trek maybe is possible. Like maybe we are headed that way. We've obviously we've got some, some things to get through, but well, I, I feel pretty good about it. That be, that we got to figure said, out that currency thing. That being said, unfortunately we had the last two years. Yeah. And that kind of threw a monkey wrench in the belief of everything is going to move forward, but we're getting there again. Well, uh, keep in mind in Star Trek, everything blew up first. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Right, it's true. Everything had was Armageddon. It Which all happened, is that? and then, <laughs> then everything was much better. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So you know, um, adding on to Brian, you know, he did the voice, and I, I heard it, and I, I said to him, I'm like, look, I need to get you involved in this. <laughs> Um, and it was it was sporadic at the time because I was really that was very early in my stages in regards to presenting stuff and trying to get stuff going. Um, and I did a lot of freelance work and I did a lot of retail work as well because uh, you know you have to pay the bills. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> you know that Star Trek currency would have come in really, really handy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that 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 all was you know it's it was all foundation and and, and that to get us where we are. Um, and Brian and Marta as well, he's really been there through, I, I will say really essentially the very beginning. Um, and that's why we're, we're partners today is because we realize like fundamentally we have the same vision. Um, and, and honestly, uh, it's not just a birthday thing. <laughs> it's an Aquarius thing. <laughs> the age of we're Aquarius. all Aquarius. Yeah. We should have called the company the age of Aquarius. Yeah, age of Aquarius. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, Marvel would have sued. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, um, so, you know, what it is, is if you ever had a chance to see Brian and I in a room together, just talking about stuff, it, it's crazy. It really is like we, we get going and say, yeah, and then and all of a sudden we just kind of get in sync. And honestly, it's like that really happily married couple for 50 years. They can finish each other's sentences, um, but we do it in funny ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier with the, the team I have. Um, and we're really, we're really moving forward. Uh, as you can see with PandaCon, uh, the next one's after that. Um, it's going to be Nightwolf and uh, Firefrogs. Uh, Nightwolf is very much like our Batman meets Daredevil. Um, and then Firefrogs is, you know, it's self-explanatory. It's a bunch of firefighting frogs. There you go. Uh, and then we have a number of other ones outside of that. Uh, we have another property called Endguard. Uh, which actually, you know, we've been lucky. It's gone into another um, 
animation house right now to have a look at uh, a network, which is really good. So we're waiting to see what happens with that. Uh, originally, it was part of the Anthroverse. Well, originally it wasn't, and then it was brought into the Anthroverse. And now because this other company's looking at it, we, we're, we're making adjustments just in case it goes that route, because there may not be the ability to have it as part of the Anthroverse. Um, and that, so we have a lot of stuff, uh, that's coming down the pipeline. And I think it's a lot of stuff that people will really enjoy. Our generation definitely will enjoy it because they'll see everything that they wanted to see back then. Um, the kids today will enjoy it because it's solid storytelling. It's, it's 80 storytelling done right today. It's the parents that will be waking their kids up bright and early on Saturday morning. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go now. <laughs> Here's your cereal that doesn't taste as good as it did when I when I was a kid. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> they just don't put all the junk in it anymore. I, I get it, but the oatmeal. I can't even eat the oatmeal. Oh, I know, right? I remember I loved oatmeal when I was a kid. Now oatmeal just doesn't it's cut just, it. I'm it's sorry. Terrible. Like in the instant it's, Quaker oats. You know, like, it's prison it, food. It said it said artificial flavor on it, and it was fine. And all then right. it said artificial and natural flavors. And it was okay. Now it's all natural flavors. All and natural. I can't even put it in my I'll mouth. Just put a straw in the maple syrup, and you'll be okay. I'm fine with that. That's just that's a Canadian thing. She's Polish. She doesn't understand. Oh. <laughs> so I think there's no better place to wrap things up than dumping on oatmeal because oatmeal is modern oatmeal. Just the worst. Throw it out the oatmeal. <laughs> uh, you guys, it's been fantastic talking to you, hearing the story. I'm so excited to see what you've got in store, what's coming. Uh, last words about Galestone Media. And once again, tell us where we can find you online, where we can follow what's going on. Uh, yeah, so you can... Um... Uh, you can find us uh, on Facebook and uh, and at uh, and on our webpage. Uh, what's the webpage? It's just Galestone. <laughs> Galestonemedia.com. Yeah. Uh, G-A-E-L-S-T-O-N-E media.com. Dot com. And and uh, and our Instagram. And Instagram, yes. Uh, Action Mice animated series and Pandacon animated series. Yeah. Uh, and then there'll be some more stuff that we'll we'll be doing down the road. Um uh, and, you know, we, we really appreciate the time that you've given us tonight. You know, it, it's always good talking to somebody in the industry uh, who enjoys the product. Uh, and we will definitely be keeping you up to date on stuff. And I will definitely continue listening to Audible Interlude. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. I appreciate it. No worries. Well, we can't uh, we can't wait to uh, to, to, to get the, this produced and get it out to the public so they can see it, so they can know that, uh, that it's action time. <laughs> Nice. I'm excited. Thank you guys for coming on. This has been a great conversation. And yeah, we'll definitely be keeping up with what's happening. Thank you for having Thank us. you, sir. Thank you for having us. Please do remember to go check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. I love doing toy reviews over there. And I love getting feedback and input from you guys. You know, I a lot of the stuff I buy... Uh, is like, oh, that's a cool character. I like that toy or whatever. I, I may not know every single thing about it. And this week, uh, I did a review of a new Marvel Legends Doctor Strange that I didn't know what any of the stuff he came with was. And uh, I got some comments to fill me in. Uh, and I appreciate that kind of stuff. Uh, and then on Wednesday, uh, I put up a review of from Fresh Monkey Fiction the Eagle Force Returns Captain Eagle, the classic Captain Eagle, the gold guy. Uh, go check those out. Uh, please enjoy, subscribe, like, comment, interact. 
uh, and tell your friends about Needless Things and the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, new toy reviews at least every Monday and Wednesday, but sometimes Monday through Thursday. And I know I've got a lot of Thundercats on the way very soon now, so uh, there are going to be a couple weeks of Thundercats. And uh, then Conan, lots of Super 7 Ultimates on the way. So if you're curious about those, uh, be sure to tune in. I will be at Toylanta this weekend, uh, or Saturday. I'll be there Saturday for sure. Uh, if you see me, please say hi. I will be... Okay, my plan is to record and do a toy hunt video for YouTube. That is my plan. Uh, if you hear this and you think that's a great idea, please let me know. Because I need a little extra encouragement for that kind of thing. Because I've never done it before. Uh, so that'll be interesting to, to see if that works out. Uh, and next week, the new Needless Commentary. Tune in. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.